Hey guys, Island Turtle here. Welcome to the unofficial official episode one of Island Turtle Talk. So I've been pulled to do a podcast for a while and I've kind of been putting it off. You know, we've had, you know, it was actually during Mercury retrograde, Mars retrograde. And I was like, man, that's not the time to be starting something like that. And then we got hit with all this clearing energy and activations. And I was like, okay, it's not the time. And then the um, equinox came and the new moon Aries came and I was like, maybe it's time, but I'm definitely still dealing with some upgrades. And so I just felt like today was finally the day. So here we are. I don't know where I'm posting this yet. I'm just going with the flow because it just felt right to record today. So wherever you're finding this, please share it. Please like it. Please comment on it if you're able to wherever I'm posting this. Um, but that is why this is the official unofficial episode part one. So this podcast, I really just want it to be, I just want it to be a place where I can talk about what I am picking up on, what I'm channeling for the collective, what's going on for the collective. Also a place where I can potentially, you know, speak to other people that I've met um, along my journey and just share. I just wanted to be a place to share in, you know, we might talk about some stuff that goes on in the physical reality relating to even political stuff potentially I don't know we'll see about that um, and the spiritual implications of it and anything in between especially anything relating to health um, for physical health mental health spiritual health um, it's just going to be an all-encompassing very casual place of sharing um, so I'm just I'm kind of excited but there's been a lot of stuff that I've been wanting to share that's been going on for the collective and I just haven't been in a space to do a video on all the different things that have happened and so I might not even mention everything because I feel like well, I'm almost backlogged from the collective energy on like stuff that started happening like two weeks ago three weeks ago but one thing I do want to start talking about that's happening recently is about gatekeepers what happens when gatekeepers go dark side um, and maybe even realizing that there have been gatekeepers that are dark side. And when I'm speaking of gatekeepers, I'm not just speaking about people who are presently acting as gatekeepers, whether it is in a spiritual sense or whether it's in more of like a sociopolitical sense um, or maybe even within family dynamics, right? Like parent to child, right? That's there's gatekeeping energy that goes on there. Um, but on the grander scale on the macro scale of things cosmically, gatekeepers what is a gatekeeper a gatekeeper is somebody who holds the keys they hold the gates right they hold the energy or the power or the people or what the information whatever it is that they are holding they're holding the line they're holding the gate for that particular thing whatever it may be in any context we're talking about gatekeeping right that was a little kitty cat. I don't know if you heard the little meow. I was trying to mess with the microphone so you didn't hear too much background noise, but he might get involved. He's been very active today. Um, for those of you who don't know, I have a cat. His name's Clyde, and he's magical and amazing, and he's kind of like a giant little mini panther. Anyway, gatekeepers. What happens when a gatekeeper goes from gatekeeping, protecting? Because gatekeepers protect, but they also regulate. They regulate they protect, but in a more shadowy, darker side kind of a way. Um, they also imprison. And now we have a Mr. Clydester who's right up on the microphone. <laughs> Clyde, come on. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. He's going to be in the mix. He just can't help himself. Um, and so something that is happening collectively is that these gatekeepers are having their keys taken away. Gatekeepers who are very specifically... 
um, been abusing their power of gatekeeping, their position, their role, their role as gatekeepers. And like I said, this can be in many contexts. This can be within the context of your own family, the context of your friend group, maybe even you as a gatekeeper. And speaking cosmically, this is even like on such a grand scale to where we're now talking about primordial beings. Okay, we're moving beyond star families, gods, goddesses, and now we're into this next level of awareness of energy of existence or entities or beings. Again, whatever word you want to use for it, right? That are primordial. And this is something that I started to be exposed, <laughs> Clyde, that I started to um, be exposed to about a year ago. Um, and my, my spirit team, my various guides were showing me that this was going to be coming up there's so much to say about these this primordial energy, this primordial magic. Now, this is something that's being unlocked for the entire collective, where, again, the keys are being taken away from the gatekeepers here. Um, and what that means for the collective, and I'm still understanding it because there's still downloads coming in. So there's probably going to be a follow-up episode to this. Um, but primordial energy and magic, it's the next level of co-creation. When you look at a lot of lore and mythology about creation stories, you know, there's a lot of talk about the darkness. Before there was light, there was dark, right? Even in like Egyptian, the Egyptian pantheon, there was just the dark waters that were and that Ra was born in light from these dark waters, right? That everything started with these primordial energies. And even when you're talking about the creation of Earth, right? There was darkness and then there was creation. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. I'm trying really hard not to cough in the microphone. Um, so primordial, primordial energy. So we're getting access to a much more ancient part of us, a much more ancient part of all of existence, of all of the cosmos, if you will. And this is going to be coming through in many different ways. On the individual level, the micro level, some of us are going to feel more a deeper sense of completeness, a deeper sense of wholeness. There is a connection to this feeling of home that's also wrapped up in that. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit as it relates to ancestral clearing and lineages, because that was something else that was being brought to my attention here. But before I get to that, gods, goddesses and primordial energies, these stories of titans and whatnot that have been in prison because they were doing bad things. Were they really doing bad things or was this just a power play? Mm, I don't know. Food for thought, right? But these energies are being not just unleashed in the cosmic sense, but unleashed within us, right? Now with bloodlines and lineages, this is something that's been coming to me as downloads, that there are certain bloodlines, and this affects many people, that have connection to these primordial energies, this primordial magic. Again, is it being unlocked for a lot of us? For all of us collectively? Yes, absolutely. But we are all unique as well, right? We're all these little tiny cells in the body of existence, <laughs> right? So we all have a different role and different functions. And some of us are a little bit closer to the same sort of gift or niche or role, while others are a little bit different, right? But we all bring something to the table because we're all supposed to bring something to the table because we're all one, we are all one existence, just existing in these different fragments and fractals and aspects of just one consciousness. But anyway, coming back, certain bloodlines have had access to this primordial magic to work in these realms, to work in these frequencies. And here's where it gets a little heavy. And this is where I was like, how do I talk about this? Because and this is going to, you know, fair warning, this could be a trigger warning for some people. And, you know, this is just my own observation this is my own reality this is again from downloads that i've been getting 
And if you don't resonate with that, that's fine. <laughs> we're, we're all entitled to resonate with whatever truth we resonate with, right? So just look at this as a different perspective, a different lens of, of what's kind of going on. So this is just what I'm bringing to the table. But the bloodlines that have been connected to this primordial magic that are meant to work in these realms and with this magic have suffered a lot of victimization, imprisonment. That's why there's this correlation that's happening with the unlocking of primordial beings versus god goddesses like titans right and why on a micro level we're also some of us are also going through a lot of clearing when it comes to ancestral stuff victimization um and the feeling that home has been stripped away that home has been taken away from us and you can look at it as homesickness especially for my star seeds out there you can look at it as that but these bloodlines that i'm speaking to these are bloodlines that have gone through mass levels of imprisonment via gatekeeping talking about slavery talking about genocide things of that nature right and so as we're clearing this ancestrally and we're clearing this cosmically we're reclaiming that and we are reclaiming such an ancient, deeper level of, of pieces of existence and pieces of individuals and pieces of, of ancestry that it is bringing home back. This also translates into gritting home, gritting new earth here in the new era. We, we just had the new year right for those of you guys who are just tuning in and maybe you're a little new to the community you're a little new to all of this jargon that i'm using um the new year is being seen as the spring equinox new moon aries um period of time march 20th march 21st was kind of our new year in our reality and our community welcome to our reality by the way <laughs> welcome home uh <laughs> Sorry, coming back. A lot of people have been doing grid work for a long time here on Gaia. Um, and it has been not just to rectify and harmonize and balance out the damaged and distorted grids of Gaia. You know, you can think of this in terms of ley lines for, again, those of you who are relatively new to this kind of jargon. And every time people, new people come in to do grid work, it's like it's working off of the work that's already been done previously. And a lot of this work has been not just to balance, but to bring in the golden age to in order to energetically have a framework that we can consciously collectively consciously is that how you'd say that um start existing in together and start working from and start bringing in um home new earth golden age um tangibly and so the bloodlines coming back to the bloodlines that are doing a lot of this clearing that are really experiencing this in a way that's much more potent than maybe other people whose bloodlines are not necessarily um i don't want to say design that sounds weird but like it's not part of the, their blueprints right to be working specifically in these primordial magic energies and i know myself and quite a few people actually around me who fall into the bucket of the bloodlines that need that have been doing this clearing and it is so incredibly liberating the keys are being given back which leads me to the next thing that we are also moving into a time thanks to Saturn and Pisces and also Pluto moving into Aquarius. Now, Pluto touches Aquarius. Oh, it's already touching Aquarius as I'm recording. I'm recording on March 24th. Again, don't know if I'm posting this anywhere, but um, Pluto's going to retrograde in and out of Aquarius and Capricorn until November 24th, where it fully cements into Aquarius and will stay in Aquarius for 20 years. This, These two 
planetary transits, Saturn, Pisces, Pluto, Aquarius, also Sedna. And I'm going to talk about Sedna in a minute because that kind of comes full circle back to the primordial energies. But that energy is to give the keys back to the people, to take the keys away from the gatekeepers and give them back to the people. It is to liberate. Now, again, this is cosmically on a macro level and individually on a micro level and then everywhere in between. And yes, obviously, including society. That is the that is the era we're entering. It's going to be a long era. <laughs> it's going to be for a long time. There are some people here who are listening where this is going to be part of your life's work, especially anybody who has like strong Pisces, Aquarius, especially North Node Aquarians, like strap yourselves in. North Node Pisces, strap yourselves in. This is this can potentially be part of your life's work. And then obviously that's not all inclusive. Just saying those particular groups of people are kind of astrologically set up, destined in a way um, to be involved in it. We're all meant to be involved in it, but you understand what I'm saying. But Sedna, Sedna is so amazing. So Sedna's, so anybody who knows me, who's been following me for a long time, I, I love astrology. I love to study it. I love to uh, work with these celestial bodies. I've been probably for, oh God, time, time is like so non-existent, but like maybe for four or six months now. I've actually been tuning into these celestial bodies, like their consciousness and communing with them that way, getting to know them that way. So that's why I say I practice intuitive astrology, because I don't know what else to call it. Channeled astrology, I guess, is another word for it I could be using. But Sedna, Sedna was discovered back in 2003. What is so special about Sedna? What's interesting about Sedna is like to this day anyway, up to this point in time, Sedna has the longest orbit we've seen. I think it's literally like 11,000 years, something crazy like that. So Sedna's been in Taurus for a very, very, very long time. I forget how long, but Sedna's been in Taurus for freaking ever is what it feels like. And it's finally moving into Gemini. It's moving into Gemini this summer. I do believe it's happening in June. Potentially it could be July. Definitely double check that, but I'm pretty sure it's June that Sedna moves into Gemini. So it's not just going to be a generational shift, but like this shift is going to be affecting uh, multiple generational programming (laughs) and ways of thinking. Now, to kind of understand Sedna, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the lore behind Sedna. And, you know, keep in mind with a lot of lore, there's all kinds of variations of stories, you know, so just just, you know, take that with a grain of salt. The story that I am reiterating to you is not the only version. But Sedna, Sedna was said to be betrothed to a man of her father's choose, excuse me, a man of her father's choosing. And she went along with it. Not necessarily wanted to, but more so like out of duty and out of that's just the thing you do and out of respect for her father. And this man promised the world, as some of them do. (laughs) I love men. I do. I absolutely love you guys. I adore you. But yes, some promise the world and maybe not always deliver. It's part of human nature, I think, on some level, too, not just with men. But anyway, getting away from the story. Uh, and you know, she marries him, goes to live with him, starts their life together, come to find out he lied. Um, he was not going to give her everything. And in fact, um, it was quite the opposite. And so her father came to rescue her and in rescuing her, they went on a boat, headed back and they hit a storm. And this is what I thought was interesting about this version of it. And again, there's different versions out there, um, that to save her life, he threw her overboard. I mean, maybe it's a pick your poison kind of a death situation. I don't know. 
but she's holding on to the side of the boat for her dear life and he cuts off her fingers so that she drowns and her fingers turn into sea creatures. Now, in my own communing with Sedna, I feel that she has connections directly to Lemuria. I feel she has connections directly to this primordial watery energy. Now, primordial energy is, some cultures view it as masculine feminine. In the Egyptian pantheon, oh, I forget the name of them. Oh, they have a whole classification for primordial energies, and they look at them as counterparts. There's four sets of counterparts of primordial energies in the Egyptian pantheon, and I can't remember all of them. Ptah is one that comes to mind. But anyway, um, most cultures just view it as primordial or darkness, neither neither masculine, neither feminine. But if, if you were to, you could argue that Sedna is like a primordial feminine energy, watery energy. Um, and so that's the story. That's the story of Sedna. Now, there are certain versions where she she encounters dogs or marries dogs. And it started getting me to think about Sirius, the dog star. And it's like it just it just rabbit holes from there. Right. Of all the different ways that Sedna kind of connects to a lot of primordial energies or ancient energies or gods or goddesses that we're even aware of now. But then I was got a download about her father. And I heard solar system. And I went, whoa. <laughs> I went, okay. Okie dokie. Um, I have this, like, it just has this intuitive feeling. It just has, I just have this gut feeling about her father. And again, I'm still getting downloads about all of this. So there will probably be a part two that will follow that her father almost represents father time. Which can you see as Cronus potentially? You could even see him as Oceanus potentially, who is I think a titan out of the Greek mythology system. Sedna actually wasn't named from the Greco-Roman system. Was also something that's very new in astrology, which I actually thought was kind of neat and I kind of appreciated. But there are certain people that look at Sedna as um, like she's come into our awareness in 2003, and like she is in Taurus, right? So she's recently been working with the North Node with Uranus. Um, which is obviously very significant for this period of time. You know, Uranus is the change agent, um, which is, yeah, which is significant. And North, sorry, I've been in like a very Piscean place. And sometimes as I'm talking, like suddenly I'm just completely out of my body. Like I'm just gone for a second. It's like, uh oh, let me call myself back. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Uh, and then also with the North Node, that's also very significant, right? Because the North Node in Taurus has been teaching us uh, new beliefs, new perspectives, and what actually is valuable. What is valuable? What is actually important to us? Um, self-esteem, self-worth, you know, teachings and perspectives on money and currency, um, and what is important or not important about that, right? So it's it's been pretty significant for the collective while we've been going through these economic changes and the pandemic and all the things, right? So she's been playing a big role. Some people look at Sedna as reclaiming feminine power out of um, betrayal from the patriarchy you could view it that way this is what I love about astrology astrology to me is very subjective while it is a study and yes you can look at the stars and the stars are where they are and the stars are the stars um, it's to me it is also still an art form you have these different schools right you have you've got tropic you've got vedic and there are people that that look at sidereal but they don't really necessarily look at the vedic part of that even though they're very closely tied together there's you know chinese astrology there's 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 mayan astrology there's so many different kinds of schools of study of the stars in this context of astrology um but 
they have different things to say. And are any of them necessarily wrong? I don't think so. I think there's a little bit of truth in all of it, which again, kind of makes it somewhat subjective. Um, sorry, don't mind that noise. <laughs> uh, right, but my view of Sedna, I don't really look at it the way that I had described about the whole like patriarchal part of it. I think that lens of looking at it comes from victimization. I think looking at it through that lens is kind of an old paradigm, a little bit of old distorted programming. And I'm not trying to judge anybody who thinks that way or who feels that way about Sedna. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. You probably feel the way for a reason and you're, it's totally valid viewpoint, right? I look at it more as getting, getting past victimization and getting back to roots, getting back to the roots of these primordial co-creative creation godlike energy in a way or goddess like energy in a way but from that primordial standpoint and also liberation uh liberation of the people giving essentially giving the keys back to the people right it's like there was a lot of gatekeeping going on with poor sedna and it was like nope no more <laughs> this doesn't work this doesn't work we're not gonna do this anymore um i also look at it as harmonizing polarities too between that like feminine masculine and like the power dynamics there i feel like it's about reclaiming all of that personally i feel like that's what sedna is really gifting us with um and again this is just a different perspective uh and with Sedna moving into Gemini this summer, the thing that I think is also exciting is when Sedna moves into Gemini, it's voicing everything, right? It's voicing Sedna. It's expressing Sedna. And so I do think that we're going to see a lot more people writing. I think we're going to see a lot more people um, trying, again, to give the keys back to the people where people can really speak their mind. You know, we've had a lot of stuff come up, too, in the collective about social media and censorship and, and all this stuff. And I think there's going to be a big fight there coming up um, on behalf of the people we're going to be more about the people moving forward there's there's no there's no if ands or buts about it it may be slow going for the first like year or so until pluto again cements into aquarius but it's definitely going to be present um i think we're going to see more people writing podcasting hello hi um things of that nature but it is about sharing the experience and what we can learn from it what we have learned from it and then teaching others what we've learned from it so i think that's something that's really beautiful and to be celebrated coming up and i also believe that that is why sudden is going to help us harmonize the polarities what we've been doing recently with all of these upgrades the aries new year um, even the lesson of Mars retrograde, right? Because we have that six month period from September to October. No, not, I don't know why I said that. September to March. What was going on between September and October? That's interesting. I got pulled to that. Probably something there. Um, but anyway, that six month period where Mars was retrograding is retrograding in Gemini. This is in Tropic. And also we had Mercury retrograde in the midst of that, which highlighted the power dynamics and what we've learned um, from Pluto being in Capricorn. Mercury was helping us to really get a deeper sense of clarity and understanding about the lessons there to be in this more evolved Capricorn 2.0 energy where it's no where it's no longer about the bottom line of capitalism or the bottom line of the patriarchy and power in that kind of a way of controlling people or controlling the masses. It's this higher evolved, I will show up with integrity. I will show up and be accountable. I will show up and be the reliable energy that is meant to manage or help, um, meant to provide, meant to anchor, meant to ground. That's what Capricorn is really meant for. Ma Capricorn's a generational energy. Capricorn sets up foundations that are meant to last for generations. 
generational stability that is what capricorn is meant to be and pluto and capricorn showed us how we haven't been doing that or how we've been corrupt in doing that and the last six months september to march showed us that showed us how we can improve on that and really be those people who show the fuck up excuse my french but who show up and who really follow through and who really think about the long term and think about the people think about the collective how everyone's affected long term and Mars retrograding in Gemini also is teaching us about accountability and how to harmonize and hold the polarities. How do we communicate with people? How do we express ourselves? How do we follow through and collaborate, right? Because Gemini, I love Gemini. Shout out to my Geminis. You guys are really great at starting stuff. You guys are really great at seeing, uh, at having great ideas and seeing how plans can start, but you guys can get a little bored and (laughs) might not always necessarily follow through and finish things before you go on to the next new thing. It's just part of your gift. It's part of the gift of Gemini. We love you, Geminis. But, 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 the sharing and learning is part of Gemini too. So we've been learning all those lessons the last six months. And now, We're in this new year. We're in this beautiful new energy. We have eclipse season right around the corner. The first eclipse is April 20th. And I know it's weird. They had me sitting on April 20th for like a good week and a half or two weeks where I was just sitting there chilling. (laughs) I'd be waiting. that, That doesn't sound right. Two weeks. I don't think that's right. Time is so weird right now. That's the other part of this new energy that we're in after this new new year, this new Aries new year. Also, I father time has been coming up for the collective as well. Um, Time bending is getting easier. It's getting way easier. We really bre- we're really breaking the construct of linear perception of time. We're breaking it and it's fun. <laughs> it's really fun. I'm going to tell you about an experience I've had. Um, but coming back, April 20th, they had me sitting there for a while. Like I was waking up every day for a bit being like, it's April 20th. It's April 20th. It's April 20th. And it's like, I don't know what I'm doing for the eclipse energy, but I'm doing something. Um, but yeah, we have these eclipses coming up and then we have May, June and July and it's, you know, the, that period of time we're getting closer to the nodes switching to Aries and Libra, which is like, that's going to be a whole other new chapter on taking initiative and leading and how do we really fight? Yeah, that's going to get interesting. How do we fight? Do you fight with anger and aggression and want to destroy from ego or Are you an empathic warrior? Are you a compassionate warrior? Can you fight with spirit, using spirit, using your chi, using your heart, and not to sound cheesy, but even using love? Can you fight from that place? Can you fight with integrity? Or are you fighting with ego, right? Can you prioritize the self? Can you you stand out and be the leader that people need to give the keys back to the people? Or is there something that needs to be kind of looked at there, right? So really big lessons coming up with North Node Aries. But coming back to this whole time thing, (laughs) I was on a hike recently. Uh, This was actually on the new moon Aries. You know, sometimes they, my, my spirit team has me go out and do what I call sweeps, just working with the grids and working with the land and, you know, anchoring light and things like that. And I've done this hike before. It's a five mile hike and it's actually a loop. And I parked my car and I looked at my my phone and it was like, okay, it's 954. I remember that exactly. I'm really good with numbers. I'm just, that's just how I'm built. Um, I'm, a, I'm a math nerd. But anyway, it was 954 and I was like, oh, okay. It was like, I wasn't going to do the whole hike, but I thought maybe I'll hike a mile in and then hike a mile out or maybe two miles in and just go come back. Um, 
I was gonna play it by ear but I know how long that hike is so I know like what like where like the mile marker kind of is where the two mile marker kind of is so I figured I'll probably be back by like 11 11 30 back to my car so I start you know enjoying my hike and I'm realizing I'm like really taking my time I'm even stopping here and there to like take in the trees and talk to the trees and just meditate and relax and just enjoy enjoy myself right so now I'm thinking maybe 11 30 noon is kind of when I'm moving back to the car I get to my spot I do my oh I just got really dizzy I just got blasted with light oh excuse me wow okay so I did my thing and I started heading back I'm almost back to the trailhead and this woman stops me and she's coming from the opposite direction right and she says didn't I just see you (laughs) and I was like I I don't think so she goes no I I just saw you I swear I just saw you uh and I was like, well, I mean, and I said, maybe you saw me earlier in the parking lot. Cause again, she's coming from the opposite direction. So I know she didn't see me on the trail. Cause I would have remembered seeing her and I didn't see anybody on the trail really. Um, and so I just, I finished talking to her and I, you know, have a good hike and I get back to my car and I check my phone and it's 10 4 only 10 minutes had passed. I walked at least two miles with stopping and meditating and also doing a little bit of a ritual. And I was like, there's no way in hell it's only been 10 minutes <laughs> there's no way there's no way so we're bending time we're bending time even more so than we have before i mean that's something that i've been experiencing for a while being on my my walk if you will my earth walk um and i know other people have experienced it. other people are capable of it but it's just so much easier now it's so much easier it's it's kind of insane it's kind of crazy um yeah it's uh it's amazing um but one one last thing too that i want to mention before i do go hold on let me just check where i'm at oh i'm talking a lot i got lots to say uh future selves future selves that's something that started coming up in the collective i want to say maybe the last six weeks maybe maybe two months at most where people have started connecting with their future selves communing with their future selves and i did see that movie recently everything everywhere all at once oh my god i actually saw it last night uh crazy oh my god i was like in love with this movie i'm in love with the filmmakers who decided to do it it was it was brilliantly done it was so seamless um and for anybody who's been part of the community right or who's been quote unquote awake uh, who's been doing all kinds of grid work, spiritual work, energy work, who are light workers, who are healers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you, you understand the validity to a lot of that, <laughs> to a lot of that movie. Uh, and I thought the way they, they portrayed the interconnectedness of all things from a macro level and then circling back to a micro level of what it's like to be an individual having a human experience but be aware of that level of existence and interconnectedness i thought was just amazing i thought it was amazing um but you know spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it i'm gonna talk a little bit about it if you haven't seen it stop listening and go watch it (laughs) and no i'm not sponsored by them um anyway the way she would tap into her other selves, right? 
they're they're coexisting but that's the thing about time time is always coexisting every, like literally every single moment is is happening at the same exact time no matter what timeline you're talking about no matter what reality you're talking about or even what dimension you're talking about everything is happening all at once that's something that some of us have been aware of for quite a while but the way she was tapping into them and aligning to them obviously like for the writing of the movie um I thought the way that they did it was really interesting and like also really fun. You could just tell I had so much fun on this movie, which I also very much appreciate. Um, but I've, how do I want to say this? When I work with people, when I do one-on-one sessions and, you know, I don't know if I've actually said it to them, like about aligning to their future self. I more so talk about it as in aligning to the version of them that they want to be. It's the same thing different words it's the same thing though right it can be a future self or it can be a self that's just coexisting in another reality in another timeline in another dimension past present or future is really just only pertains to our way of viewing time because we're in this physical reality which is contingent upon having separation um it's the only way you can have physicality is to have separation but anyway the way she tapped into them you know, for those who don't, for those who don't know, and you don't mind a spoiler, she had to do a certain like, um, action or behavior or cause some sort of event in order to align. They call it jumping, uh, jumping to that version of herself or connecting to that version of herself. But that makes sense, right? It's like, what do you have to do to align to that version of you? For example, like, let's say, Let's say you want to be a, a math teacher, <laughs> like totally arbitrary example. Let's say you want to be a math teacher. Your math skills aren't great. What do you got to do to align to that? You got to learn some math. So like if that were to be in that movie, you know, maybe you would do some sort of action that would have aligned you to that timeline, whether it was a choice or some sort of behavior. And it could be something seemingly random because nothing's really random, right? The movie kind of argues otherwise. But anyway seemingly random event of stapling your hand or something crazy that maybe would have put you on a path to to have a certain learning lesson or whatever that would have made you a math teacher right but it's the same thing as if you sit your butt down and learn some math because you want to be a math teacher right you're aligning to it it's the same thing um and I just loved I loved how they did that but people have been um, getting contacted or connecting to their future selves the last couple of months. And I think it's been a beautiful experience. I even had one similar where I saw myself. I could see it. I like tapped into that reality and I saw me. I saw how I was dressed. I saw what I was doing. And it's really just connecting to the energy so you can align to that if you want to do what needs to be done to align to that. It's also a way of manifesting the future that you want is aligning to that. And it works both ways. It can either the future you quote unquote um can contact you or you can reach out to that right um it's all choices it's all choices and it's all free will you can be whatever the hell you want to be you can be whoever you want to be in whatever reality you want to be it's all about aligning to it and making the choices accordingly um but that's just my viewpoint <laughs> that's just my view on it but yeah i loved the movie i just i thought i thought it was just it was it was just seamless um, but that's a lot of what's been going on recently, but I am going to, I'm going to hop off. Um, and I will, who knows when I'll do another episode. I'm going with the flow. This feels really good to have done this. And I'm super excited for whatever's going to come, not just of this, but also for the collective and everything we got going on 
Oh, sorry. I think that's my neighbor, literally. Um, so perfect timing, I guess, to hop on. But I'm also just very excited for the collective and everything that's going to be coming for people and happening for people. And, you know, I did do the weekly before this, the weekly for the 27th of March to the 2nd of April. And there's still some cutting away of some people and closing some doors, guys. And there's some people that might not react so well to whatever it is that you're doing or whatever it is that you're aligning to. And it's unfortunate, but you just got to roll with it. There's so much new coming in. We've and like new people, new locations, new jobs, new opportunities, new circumstances, new versions of ourselves. Like, and this is going to be for the long term. A lot of new offers, opportunities that are being shown to us right now, not just this week, but I want to say even up until the eclipse are meant for the long term and to commit and devote ourselves to these things. Again, all free will, however you want to roll with that, right? <laughs> um, but it's it's going to be amazing. It's epic. So congratulations to anybody who is experiencing that and who are excited. And if you're not quite there yet, that's okay. I hope you get to experience it relatively soon. But thank you for joining me for this first official unofficial episode of Island Turtle Talk sponsored by Bomby Spirit. And I hope to connect with you guys again very soon and enjoy. Take care.